Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and a very good evening. Welcome to the airways of uh, the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. And of course, uh, time now for Q&A. You're with myself, Muhammad Zain Machid. And uh, as always, on a Thursday evening, we bring you Q&A where we answer all of your questions. Uh, but this evening, I ask you rather than not, uh, we're not taking any calls as uh, we have pre-recorded this uh, p- particular program because Mufti by this time is ready in Zimbabwe. Well, we're jo- uh, joining online none other than the Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khairan, brother Muhammad Zain. Barakallahu feekum. MashaAllah, how's Mufti keeping? Alhamdulillah, everything is fine with the help and mercy of Almighty Allah. But I feel very sad. Our sister Munadia has passed on. May Almighty Allah grant the Jannatul Firdaus. I sent an email to the respected Maulana Yusuf Karan and Mahataha Karan that all might Allah give the entire family Sabri Jamil and all at the voice of the Cape, mashallah, all might Allah make it easy. It's a big, big void there in the voice of the Cape, but we all know that as Muslims we have to leave this world, so we make dua, all might Allah grant the Jannatul Firdaus. Ameen, Ya Rabbal Alameen. Ameen, inshallah. Well, uh, if you just tuned in, the program being Q&A uh, on uh, The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM, and of course, uh, that being the voice of the Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. We go if, uh, straight into our very first question. Mufti, if a person is sick and the person is, for example, in a coma, do you still have to perform hudu for that person so that in that person's mind he could maybe do, make salah, etc., Mufti? Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulil kareem amma ba'd all praise due to almighty Allah the sustainer narisha and cherisher of this universe peace blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader nabi muhammad mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam salat is compulsory upon every muslim who is sane and mature so if this person is in a coma and days and weeks have passed on, then definitely the salat is waved off and no more compulsory upon that person. However, if that person is in a coma or fainted for a short period, then definitely we should encourage that person to make wudu, read and perform the salat. If he or she cannot do so, then the family members, friends can help that person to perform the wudu. Shukran indeed. Mufti, a lady says uh, for two years now, I haven't paid in all the days that I have missed during the month of Ramadan for one reason or the other, and then I just don't get to do it. Will I be punished? Definitely, it is a major, major sin because you have the days at your disposal and you have to keep the qada. Almighty Allah states, فَإِدَّةٌ مِنْ أَيَّامٍ أُخَرٍ Now, two years ago, you were in menses, or last year you were pregnant, or what have you, but now everything is sorted out. You are healthy, you no more ill, and still you are just delaying. So, my sister, my advice to you, immediately now start keeping all the qada, and that will be compulsory upon you and you know according to the shafi is that when you don't have valid excuses then it's qaza and the fidya you will have to pay as well so every day a certain amount and the qaza as well well as i mentioned earlier on we're not taking any calls as this program is already pre-recorded and of course uh, um, next week inshallah hopefully we will be taking more of your calls this question mufti can i go for hajj if i still if i am still in, in debt with the bank mufti those brothers, sisters who wish to go for Hajj daily, read two rakat salat and read Surah Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 128. 
Welcome back to the Airways of uh, The Voice of the Cape on 91.3 FM uh, and uh, we continue with the program Q&A uh, on uh, The Voice of the Cape uh, and uh, going straight into our next question. Mufti, what can I do to forgive my part uh, after I have proof that it was unfaithful to me? Remember that when you find a person has been unfaithful to you, then you have two or three options. Option number one is that either you forgive that person because it was a moment of madness and so forth, and we all commit mistakes. And then remember the Quranic verse, Allah tuhibbuna ayyaghfir Allahu lakum. Do you not love that all Allah must forgive you? So if it happened once or so, and you forgive that person, so that is understood. But if it continuously the person is doing so, then it's better for you to move away from that marriage and not stay there with that person because you are tayyib or tayyibah, you are pure and chaste, and the person with whom you are in marriage and nikah with that person, there is khabith and impure, this is the Quranic terms. So why should you stay with such an immoral person? You might get contracted with AIDS and a lot of other issues. So in a case like that, you can apply for fasakh or you can apply for annulment or talaq and so forth. So it just depends on different, different scenarios. And if you are not sure, then make istikhara and you just read, Allahumma khirli wa khtarli. Allahumma, oh beloved Allah, khirli khara. Oh Allah, you select the best for me, wakhtarli, and you choose for me, as mentioned in Tirmidhi Sharif, and whatever comes in your heart, in your mind, you practice on that. Next question, Mufti. It says, uh, can Mufti please comment on the following? Uh, often we see a lot of the ulama, they concentrate on uh, hijab, etc., how people should wear, women should wear scarves. But I, th- I feel that not enough concentration is made on how people are backbiting and scattering that's causing family and friends to split up. Certainly this is a grave sin, Mufti. Obviously, that your point is well taken, but one cannot generalize. What you can say is some ulama are only speaking about the dress code of Islam or certain issues, but they are not speaking about the akhlaq and the character of individuals and people. And many a time, people then turn a blind eye to that, and then they continue. So we agree with you, brother, sister, to a certain extent, but we can't generalize this. 
We all must remember as Muslims, we should be reading Surah Al-Hujurat, chapter 49, and all the verses there. Therefore, the ulama have said, Surah 49, Surah Hujurat, the apartments, the rooms, this is known as Surah Al-Akhlaq. All Matthew Allah speaks about, Wala Don't backbite of one another and sinner. Don't have suspicion. Don't call people by derogatory nicknames and so forth. So all this is mentioned very, very clearly. So yes, the ulama have to address all these type of issues, especially from the member on Fridays and other occasions as well. Shikhan, next question, Mufti. Is it a sin on parents if a child is two years old already and still they haven't performed a kika on the child, Mufti? There is no sin on the child. The child is masoom, but remember the parent should do that as soon as possible. And remember, it's not compulsory to make akika. Maybe they are in financial difficulty and so forth. And now also you can do it if it's a boy, mashallah, two goats or two sheep. And if it's a girl, then one goat or one sheep. Remember the cutoff time for akika, according to the Shafi, is, is that when the child reaches the age of puberty and becomes baligh and mature, after that you can't do akika. Hanafis say whether the child is a baby, small, or even after when they baligh and mature, 12, 20, 30, then also you can do the akika. So it shows the Hanafis are more flexible, but all said and done, we will encourage the parents, inshallah, try and do the akika as soon as possible. It will be a win-win situation. The child will benefit and you as parents will benefit because you are fulfilling your duty. Next question that reads as follows. It says, uh, Mufti, I will admit and say that I have a filthy mind. As much as I sometimes recite A'udhu Billah, um, many a times all these terrible thoughts of women come through my mind. What can I do to take this out of my mind? Remember, if thoughts just come through a person's mind and then disappear, that is normal. We are human beings. But the problem is what we do, we bring these thoughts, we let them settle in our mind, and then we start thinking and fantasizing that I am with this lady or that lady, or the woman starts fantasizing, dreaming she's with this man and that man, and then we start dreaming even further, sleeping, and Allah forbid what and what. So when all this type of negativity comes, Quran Kareem teaches us, that when the shaitan gives you that injection, nazgun, so it means when he brings about the whisperings and negative thoughts, then say, then seek the protection of Almighty Allah. Read and say, "Audhu billahi min al-shaytanir-rajim," and in that way, inshallah, you stay in hudu as far as possible. You read the Ayatul Kursi after every four salat. You read the three kuls, the last three surahs. Qul wallahu had Qul a'udhu rabbil falak. Qul a'udhu rabbil nas after every salat and before you sleep. Almighty Allah will protect you from the attack and assault of the shayateen, the human beings, whether the shaitan, whether they are in human form or jinn form. Shikhan, the voice of Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain on the Voice of the Capes Q&A. This question, Mufti, are we as Muslims allowed to eat duck and is this according to all four schools of thought, Mufti? Alhamdulillah, duck is totally permissible according to all four schools. And some people say that first you must cut the feet and so forth and all that because of the web feet. 
All that is totally not permissible. Ma ubina min al Whatever portion is cut off from a live animal, then that cut off portion will be considered as not permissible. So therefore, how you slaughter the chicken or goat or sheep or cow or whatever you. So similarly for the duck, the same law will apply, and it is permissible according to all the jurors, all four schools to eat duck. So inshallah, the next time we come to Cape Town, we have some ducks called. Inshallah, <laughs> Mufti, looking forward to that. Going on to our next question, Mufti, I've heard of someone that communicates and speaks to Malaika. Is this possible? Remember, when people say this, that they are speaking to the Malaika and all this, these are the waswasa and whisperings. They want to promote their own piety, and then they hoodwink and deceive and beguile the people and tell them that I spoke to the angels and your father is getting punished, or this is going to happen, and so forth. So 99% of the time it is fabrication and lies, and we must stay far away from such people as the masses will get hoodwinked by them, and we need to be very careful from such people. Indeed. Now, Mufti, if a husband and wife was intimate and the husband passes on and still being in a state of a janaba, is it the wife's responsibility to tell whoever will be performing his ghusl? Will that also cleanse the husband for death, Mufti? When the husband and wife were intimate and just after that, while the action was on, the husband had a heart attack or whatever you, and then he passed on. So when the ghusl is given, because we know to give the deceased ghusl is compulsory in Islam, so that will clean him from everything. But it's better that she just tell somebody, you know, her brother or whoever, that you know this is what happened discreetly. And in that way, they, when they give the ghusl, then they can make the intention. It will be one ghusl, not two separate ghusls. So one ghusl, but the intention they make of two. And that is ghusl janabat, that this person was in ceremonial in purity and with that you make the intention of you know gusal lil mot that the death or took over this person here yeah. so therefore both uh, intentions will be incorporated with one another we call it tadahul so one gusal will suffice for both these actions Shukran indeed, Mufti. Uh, what we're going to do is quickly pay the bills, but of course our question coming up after the break uh, says, uh, a lady says, I'm 16 years old, I'm in love with a man older than me, he is a good man, but my father doesn't think so and doesn't want me to get married. We'll get comments from Mufti after this. Well, we continue now with uh, the Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein here on uh, The Voice of the Cape and the program being Q&A. The question we posed, Mufti, before the break, it says, uh, a lady says, I'm 16 years old. I'm in love with a man older than me. He's a good man. My father doesn't think that he's a good man, and he doesn't want to give permission for us to get married. Please advise. Sister, what your father is saying is correct. You're 16 years old. That man is 30, 40 years old. And now this is not love. This is all shaitan playing with you in mind games. Therefore, Mustafa Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, La nikaha illa bi waliyin, authentic hadith in Abu Dawood, Tirmidhi, various compilations. 
the nikah of the lady, the daughter and sister will not be valid unless she takes permission from her father. And that is the verdict of majority scholars, Shafis, Malikis, Hanbalis. So therefore, what your father is saying is 100% correct. You must sever all ties with that elderly person. And as you want to pass judgment, is good men and everything, leave all that. They know how to bribe the young, young girls. So they will send you gifts and all that because you're still very naive. So what you should do is cut all communication with that person, that sugar daddy. And remember, no email, no phones, no SMS, no Blackberry, nothing. And you please your father. And read Surah 25, Surah Furqan, verse 74. Two rakat salat daily and the dua surah 25 verse 74. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurratayun. Then when you're 18, 19, 20 years old and there's a proposal and your father is happy, then you get married there. You will see how much barakah and blessing will come because you have the blessings of your parents, inshallah. Inshallah. Shukran Mufti. Mufti knows what a frikadali is, eh, Mufti? Yes. So the next question is about Frikadel. Lady says the strangest things happen happen to me where uh, a lady tells me, Oh no, it's haram, you mustn't make Frikadel because you shouldn't be mixing meat with other stuff. This was so strange, I never ever heard this before. Remember that if you are making it and you're mixing the meat and all that with other things for your own personal consumption, so that is fine, it's permissible, there's no problem with that. What that lady told you is a fabrication. However, if butcher, you know, a person is running a butcher or a person is selling meat or whatever you, and there there is a mix-up that they have beef and mutton and everything, and then they are selling it as mutton or they are selling it as beef or whatever, but they're making all mix-up there, then that is not permissible because that will be deception. And you are charging the people. So Nabi alayhi salam said, Man ghashana falaysa minna. People who deceive us, they are not of us. Authentic hadith in Mishkat Sharif. Mufti, on the subject of inheritance, uh, next question. It says, Mufti, what forms part of the estate? Is it just a house and the cars? Or even if your father has passed up to his shirt, does, must all of that be divided as well? When the father or mother or anybody else passes away, let's say he or she passed away today, at the time of that person's death, whatever belonged to that person there, all that will go into the estate. Whether it is the house, whether it is the money, whether it is the cars, whether it is the clothing, whether it is the, any other thing else, you know, shares and what have you in, in properties. So all that will go into the estate. Thereafter, the first thing you do is burial funeral expenses. Then the debts of the deceased must be expedited and paid to the creditors. Then verbally or in writing, this person who passed on, if he or she made a wasiyah, that they made, you know, they bequeathed something, cash or kind, to some beneficiaries who are not heirs, then that must be implemented. The maximum amount is one-third of the total estate. And then the last one will be the shares of the heirs. So everything will be thrown into the pot, and that is what belonged to the deceased at the time of his death. Now, Mufti, if my ex-husband just stayed away and remarried a non-Muslim lady, can I now go ahead and remarry someone else? Remember that when you were married to that Muslim person and he gave you divorce, and in, after your talaq, then and the iddat is expired, you could marry. You don't have to wait for him to marry or to get the remarried and that. 
once your divorce is through and your iddat is expired, then you can marry anybody you want to. Now he got married, your ex-husband, and that to a non-Muslim, so that nikah is null and void. So he's still living in sin and it's haram. So you want to continue with your life, you continue, you don't worry about him. So take him out of your mind, out of mind, out of sight, out of mind. That's the policy you should apply. Shikhan Mufti, now what is the Sharia ruling regarding a woman's feet being open? Must the feet be covered at all times, even when wearing a sandal, Mufti? According to majority scholars, the Shafi'is, Malikis, Hanbalis, when a lady is going out, for example, of a house and so forth, then she will have to cover the feet because the feet are part of the aura. And that is Imam Shafi, Imam Malik, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal's verdict. And therefore, in Salat, in Tawaf, in all these places, Sa'i, it must be covered, and Salat as well. If it is exposed, the Salat will be null and void. And the dalil and evidence they give is very strong. Allah Ta'ala called the feet also beauty, so it shows that that is the aura. So only the Hanafi ulama state the portion for the ladies beneath the ankle, you know, the foot and the sole and all that. So that will not be part of the aura, but it is better to cover it, but not compulsory. So if the lady read Salat without socks or stockings, then the Hanafi ulama will say that the Salat is valid, but majority scholars will say the Salat is null and void. Shikhan. Now, Mufti, if a girl baby was adopted and uh, her adopted mother didn't breastfeed her, does she break the wudu of her adopted father? When she grows up and now she's 15, 20 years old and her adopted father touches her or he, she touches him, then the wudu will definitely break and remember for them to touch one another will not be permissible because she is a stranger to him and he is a stranger to her because no breastfeeding took place and remember that the laws of hijab and parda will be compulsory in this instance. Therefore, all the brothers, sisters who want to adopt, adopt a small baby, you know, six months, three months, one week old, and then ensure before two lunar years elapse, you breastfeed the child, then you become the foster mother, foster father, then you don't have all these problems. Shikun indeed. Now, Mufti, um, if uh, Juma is, or rather, if Dhuwar is found on women, shouldn't they perform Dhuwar uh, also when they attend a Juma on a Friday? Remember that when a person performs Juma Salat, then the Zohar Salat will fall away. Now, that was the example you gave of women. Let me just explain to you one masla. You are my brother, you are coming from Cape Town to Port Elizabeth, Johannesburg, Durban, you are a musafir. So Jumma Salat is not compulsory upon you. Zohar Salat is compulsory because you are a traveler, musafir. But you say, no, it's Friday, I will stop somewhere, Mosul Bay or, or Neisner or wherever else, you know, Bloemfontein, and I will read my Jumma Salat. So once you read Jumma, then Zohar Salat falls away. So always understand it like that. You don't read Jumma and Zohar. Once you read Jumma, then the Zohar Salat falls away. And if the lady read Zohar Salat, then there's no Jumma upon her. Once the Musafir, the traveler read Zohar Salat, then there's no Jumma upon that person. 
Shukran Dee, the voice of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Husseini on uh, The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. And uh, once again, remember that we are not taking any calls uh, this evening. However, you can SMS us, but definitely we will uh, answer your question only next week, inshallah. And of course, uh, the SMS line number is, of course, 47913, and SMSs are charged at 150. Going on to our next question, it says, if one has taken part in homosexual acts and one realize that you are doing wrong um, how does one repent from this Mufti? Obviously every one of us commits different sins but the act of homosexuality is such a heinous heinous crime that in Islam the ulama and the hadith of Nabi salam teaches us the person who has done it and upon whom it is done both parties should be killed and the hadith in Mishka, Sharif, Muslim, Ahmed, various compilations provided that there are two consenting adults if the child involved obviously the child cannot be blamed because they're naive but it's still a sin and absolutely haram obviously so what you should do, brother, is this, La taqnatu min rahmatillah, never lose hope in the mercy of Allah, make the, make the sincere tawbah, repent and cry to Almighty Allah, and all that gay friends and homos and all of them, you must sever all ties with them, because they are involved in absolute haram and unnatural activities. In Islam, there's Adam and Eve, brother, not Adam and Steve. Shikana <laughs> Mufti. Uh, next question, a gentleman says, uh, Mufti, would it be permissible for me as a Muslim male to go for laser treatment so that uh, the hair will be removed and will not grow back under my armpits um, after a few treatments? Uh, would this be Islamically uh, accepted? Whether a male or a female goes for the treatment of laser, whether it's for armpits or whether it is other places and so forth, so that will be permissible, but remember, it's not encouraged. If you say for the armpits, we can say yes, but the pubic hair, this is not something that is, you know, uh, a zarura, a need or necessity, so you'll have to expose your private part and all these type of things to the doctor without any real need. So we'll say that portion there is not permissible, but if you do it by your armpits and so forth, male or female, so that will be permissible. The male should go to the male doctor, the female to the female doctor. Shikandamufti, can one make dua for someone to be punished by Allah if that person has hurt you so bad, Mufti? If that person has made zulam and really oppressed you and you are the oppressed person, then don't make dua like this, Ya Allah, you punish him. You must say, Ya Allah, Allahumma ansuruna ala man zulamana. O Almighty Allah, you help us or help me against those who oppressed us. So these are the type of duas we find Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to read. You see in the Quran, Kareem, Almighty Allah says, Fansurna ala al kafirin. Oh Allah, you help us against the people and the nation who are disbelievers. So you say the same thing, Fansurna ala al Ya Allah, you help us against the people and such individuals who are making zulam and oppressing us. Then Almighty Allah will sort it out. So you are handing over the punishment to Allah in such a manner that sooner or later the punishment will befall and descend on that person. Next question, it says, uh, my wife has seven headaches for seven days of the week. I am so frustrated, there's nothing wrong with her head, Mufti. 
remember, we don't know what she is going through. So she says she's suffering from migraine and what have you. And you say there's something wrong in her head, but she doesn't have a headache. Remember, my brother, what you should do is do the five prescriptions rather than you, husband and wife, buckle and fight and argue. Number one, you, the husband, do some ruqya. What is ruqya? You read Quranic verses and you blow on a read Surah Fatiha, the entire Surah, and seven times, and then blow on your wife. So that's number one. Number two is give her zamzam water to drink, and she can apply the zamzam water on her head as well. Mustafa Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ma uzamzama lima shuribalahu. That the zamzam water, whatever intention you drink it worth, it will be effective, authentic hadith, Ibn Majah. Third one, brother, what you should do, give out charity. Take 50 cents, one rent, two rent daily and give it out. For those who are ill, you give dawa medication through charity. So whether it is cash or kind, a loaf of bread or whatever it is, so the hadith in the marasil of Abu Dawood. Fourth one, Quran, Kareem speaks of, of, of honey, fihi shifa'ul linnas, and you can take honey and even apply it on the head, you know, on the forehead. So that also will help, inshallah. And the last one, tell your wife to read this dua, and she must be rubbing her forehead and her head. She must read it seven times. A'udhu billahi wa qudratihi. A'udhu billahi wa qudratihi. I seek the protection of Allah and through His power, min sharri ma ajidu wa uhaziru, from the evil of what I am feeling and what I am fearing. A'udhu billahi wa qudratihi min sharri ma ajidu wa uhaziru. She should be rubbing her forehead and head and seven times read this dua, the hadith in Mishka Sharif, Muslim Ahmed. So in that way, all Allah will give a cure. Amen, inshallah. Well, it is uh, the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM with myself, Muhammad Zain Majid, uh, on the line answering all of your questions. None other than the Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. Now, Mufti, I just want to know if the flood of Nabi Nuh, salam, whether it was a global flight or was it just local in the area, Mufti? According to majority scholars, they say it was a, not a global flood, but rather we can use the word a local flood if you want to use it. In that whole area there, the flood came. Because if it was a global flood and so forth, then remember, many more things should be destroyed and what have you. There are some ulama who say global, but the muhakkikin and majority ulama say it was had a much more local nature if you want to use the term. Shukran indeed. Next question, very nice question. It says, Mufti, what can we do as a, as a Muslim person to almost guarantee us a good ending in life, Mufti? If we want a good ending in life, then you know that we have to do good actions, good speech, everything now during our lifetime. And besides that, do the following three things. Read Surah 3, Surah Al-Imran, verse 8. Rabbana la tuzikh kulubana. O Almighty Allah, do not let our hearts get deviated. Ba'da idhadaytana. After you have given us the guidance. Wahab lana milladunka rahma. O Almighty Allah, grant us from your side the mercy. Innaka antal wahab. Indeed, O Allah, you are the best of givers. So Surah 3 verse 8. 
then for our death to be on Iman and Islam, you read Surah 12, Surah Yusuf, the Dua Nabi Yusuf alayhi salam made, verse 101, Tawaffani Muslima wa alhiqni biswalihin. O Almighty Allah, let me die a Muslim, and O Almighty Allah, join me with the pious people. And remember, dear listener, a voice of the cave, my brother, my sister, the next one I'm mentioning, so beautiful, Allahumma j'al khayra ayyamina yawman al-qaqafi. O Almighty Allah, make that the best day in our life, the day we meet you. I just heard about our sister Munadia Karan. She recited the kalima and then she departed from this world. So these are the type of du'as we should be making and then it will become a reality. Then Almighty Allah grants all of them genital firdos and all of us also. So number one, Surah 3, verse 8. Number two is Surah 12, verse 101. Number three, the du'a in the hadith, Mustad Ahmad and various compilations. Allah majal khayra ayyamina yawman al-qaqafi. Oh Allah, make that the best day in our life, the day we come to meet you. Shukran indeed. Mufti, going on to our next question, or rather what we're going to do is we're going to pay the bills and inshallah when we come back, we continue with the program Q&A. The voice of the game. Well, we continue now with the program Q&A on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. And of course, on the line, Mufti Abdul Qadr Hussain answering all of your questions. And this question, Mufti, it says um, that I follow the Shafi'i Madhab. How many movements am I allowed to make in my salah, Mufti? Remember, according to the Shafi'is, if a person makes Amale Qalil, Amale Qalil means one, two actions in one rukan. Rukan means your standing in Salat is one Rukan, your Ruku in Salat in one Rakat, that is a Rukan, your Sazda in one Rakat, that's a Rukan. So if you make one or two actions, you touch your nose, then you touch your ears, so that is one or two actions, your Salat is still valid. But if you made three actions, and that is, you know, what uh, continuously and consecutively, First, you touch your nose. Immediately after that, you touch your, your eyes or your spectacles. Thereafter, you started playing with your beard. So you did three actions, and it was one after the other immediately, consecutively. Then in one rukan, then the shafi say the salat will be broken. That is what you call amale kathir. So that is the verdict of the shafis on this issue. I'm divorced for 10 years. I have a 12, what's it, a nine-year-old daughter. Can I get married again? I'd like to know what I can do to attract a good man, Mufti. <laughs> Obviously, that you are out of the nikah of your previous husband and you have a daughter and maybe you're still young, so you want to resettle. There's nothing wrong with that Islamically. So read two rakat salat daily. In sajda, read the dua. Learn it by heart. Surah Furqan, the criterion. Surah 25, verse 74. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurata'ayun. O Almighty Allah, grant us such spouses and children that are coolness of the eyes. One word of advice, sister. Remember, you have a nine-year-old daughter. 
You need to make it very, very clear if you want to resettle and make nikah again to that person there that you will be his wife and he will have to take care of this daughter of yours as well because many a time we know that the husband-to-be will take care of the new wife but then the child, because it's not his child, then he tends to neglect. So all these things you need to make clear as well before you enter into nikah and marriage. A lady says, I know that my Almighty is not unfair, but I've heard so many times that the men will be getting the Qur'an in Jannah, but I never really heard what women will get in this regard, Mufti. Alhamdulillah, Allama Qurtubi, Rahimamullah, has written a wonderful book on the bounties and favors Allah will bless us with in Jannah. It is called Tazkirah. In that work, it is mentioned, Umm Salama radiallahu anha asked, Ya Rasulullah, we the women of this world, are we greater or the Hur, are they greater? Nabi alayhi salatu salam said, No, you the women of this world, Liswalati kunna, walisiyami kunna, because of your salat, because of your fasting, your charity, all those things. So you, the wives and the ladies of this world, your rank will be greater than the Hur. You will become the queens of Jannah. So they will be secondary to you, and you will still be the one. And remember, there will not be any jealousy, envy there in Jannah. Almighty Allah removes all that rancor, hatred, and malice. So it is not like the world, a person got two, three, four wives, and then there's a civil war going on there you know the <laughs> husband in the middle he doesn't know all that nothing like that in general Chicken indeed. Now, can Bufti please give us some advice? Whenever my, uh, my wife and I have some harsh words or we have a disagreement, she runs off to her sisters and her friends and talks about everything that goes on in our house. Obviously, that is unacceptable, sister. Marriage is a sacred bond. And what Quran Karim states, they, the wives, are the garments and the clothing for you. And you, the husband, you are the garment and the clothing for your wives. So look at the word Almighty Allah used, the garment, the clothing. So how the clothing covers our body, covers our shame. Oh, wife, what are you doing? You are just disgracing yourself, disgracing your husband. Nabi alayhi salam said, authentic hadith in Tirmidhi, La yambaghi lil mu'mini ayyu zilla nafsa. It's not permissible for a Muslim to go and disgrace himself. So why are you disgracing yourself? You must apologize to your husband for doing that, and in future never do that. There are problems between husband and wife, then you solve it within the confines of your home. Then reconcile there within yourself. So that is what Islam and the Quran is teaching. Shukran indeed. Mufti, your next question. It says, uh, I'd like to know, is it true that if a girl or a boy uh, is a minor and passes on, that they will go straight to Jannah without being questioned? And what do I say to the parents who has lost a minor uh, to bring solace to their hearts, Mufti? Yes, we the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah believe that all minors, whether they were born in a Muslim home or non-Muslim home, inshallah, through the grace and mercy of Almighty Allah, they will all go to Jannah and Paradise. Because they are not mukallaf, they have not reached the age of maturity, puberty, and they don't have anything really compulsive upon them regarding the fasting or salat and all those type of actions. 
Now the other question is, the son or the daughter passed away, two, three, five, seven, eight years old. What should you tell the parents? Subhanallah, all this is in the Quran, in the Hadith of Nabi alayhi salam. Nabi alayhi salatu salam said, when you go for ta'aziyah, when you go to offer condolences, then tell them, inna lillahi ma'a'ta, that Almighty Allah gives whatever He wants to, walahu ma'akhaz, and Almighty Allah takes whatever He wants to, wa kullu shayin indahu bi ajalim musamma, everything which Almighty Allah created is a starting and ending, فَالْتَصْبِرْ وَالْتَحْتَسِبْ Exercise patience and exercise such that Almighty Allah will reward you abundantly. Now Almighty Allah, He knows everything, but He asked the Malaika, what did that father, mother, the child, parents say when their beloved flower was taken away? The apple of their eye. Then they say, Ya Allah, that father, mother said, Inna lillah wa inna liraji'oon. And they said they will make sabr, they will exercise patience. So Almighty Allah tells the Malaika, go and build a palace for them and call that palace Bayt al-Hamd, the house of praise. And then there is where the child, the parents, everyone will live forever. Subhanallah, it's a big test. But remember, the rewards are tremendous, provided that we are positive with Allah and we exercise patience and endurance and we do not complain. Shukran indeed. Mufti, uh, what we're going to do is pay the bills. When we come back, we'll be into the last segment of our program, Q&A. Welcome back to the Airways of the Voice of the Cape. We're into the last segment of our program Q&A with the Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain. Uh, Mufti, what if the wife is, find, is firing on all cylinders, but the husband uh, only looks at pornography? Some advice, Mufti. Obviously, the husband now has lost interest in the wife and he wants to only look at the street ladies. So you, the wife, must start ta'aleem in your house. You need to get your husband out of that filthy and evil habit. And you read Riyadu Salihin by Allama Nawawi, Rahimahullah, one of the great Shafi'i scholars. And inshallah, that will change the mindset and the thinking, thought process of your husband. Second one, read Rabbana Hablana Min Azwajina Wa Dhurriyatina Qurtayun. Read, Ya Wadud, Ya Wadud, Ya Allah, bring back that sparkle and kindle that love again between husband and wife. When your husband is in a good mood, you alone with him, not in front of the children. Tell him he's watching all that porn and what have you. Ask him if he dies in that posture, in that place there, what happens then? It will be a disgrace for him forever and ever. Number two, what example is he setting for his children? So that also the children sooner or later come to know. Then number three is this, it's harming your matrimonial life and your marital life so much. He, when he looks at all that, so he's already ejaculating. So therefore, when he comes to you, there's nothing left. He's already clear, he's finished, you know. So because he's fantasizing and dreaming. So look at the multiple sins, haram that are going on, and the harm he's causing to himself, he's causing to you as a beloved wife, causing to the children and all this. And even if he sleeps with you and fulfills your conjugal rights, 
He will not be thinking of you. He'll be fantasizing of that low-class lady, that prostitute, and whatever you. So look at the harm. So you need to reverse that situation, and that can only happen with ta'aleem, crying to Allah, and telling him that he must fear Almighty Allah, Azza wa Jalla. Inshallah, shukran, Mufti. Uh, next question, it says, uh, Mufti, if I, we are followers of the Shafi Madhab and my husband passed away, do I have the right as a wife uh, to wash him and can I sit in the room? Is that allowed? According to the Shafi is, when the husband passes away, can the wife give him gusar? Can the wife sit there in that room, all that? All that is permissible. You can sit there, you can see his face, everything. You can touch his face. All that is permissible. You can kiss his forehead, all. The question comes about, can the wife give the husband a gusar? The Shafi'is, the Hanbalis, Malikis, they say, yes, it is permissible. And when we ask them for evidence and proof, then remember Sayyida Fatima, radiallahu anha, she gave gusar to Sayyidina. When Hazrat Fatima, radiallahu anha, passed away, then Hazrat Ali, radiallahu anhu, gave gusar. And when Hazrat Abu Bakr, radiallahu anhu, passed away, then Asma binti Umais, radiallahu anha, gave gusar. So therefore, for the wife to give gusal to the husband, so that is permissible, there is no problem with that. But the Hanafis say that the husband cannot give gusal to the wife. The Hanafis say the husband cannot give gusal to the wife because the nikah is broken. But according to Shafis, Ambalis, and then majority scholars, the wife can give gusal to the husband, and the husband can give gusal to the wife. Shukran indeed. Uh, final question for this evening, Mufti. It says, uh, can a teenage girl get a belly ring piercing just for her own pleasure? Not that she will show her tummy to anyone else, Mufti. Still is not permissible. Allah Ta'ala gave you one ring and that is your navel. And now you want to change the creation of Almighty Allah. Sister, you open the Noble Quran, read Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse 119-119, and see what Almighty Allah tells us. Allah expelled the shaitan and the sh- uh, Satan from the Jafam Jannah and Paradise. He took various oaths, and one oath the shaitan took was, I will command them, and they will change the creation of Almighty Allah. So this is also part of the satanic plan. He wants people to make extra, extra belly dust and belly death. Then when you grow up, you might do belly dancing and what and what. So remember, whether your intention is dead or not, still is not permissible. Inshallah. Shukran indeed, Mufti. That concludes all our questions for the program Q&A this evening. That leaves us with about four minutes for some nasikha from Mufti. Alhamdulillah, Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla tells us in a noble Quran, Fattabi'uni, that we must follow Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Similarly, Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla tells us in a noble Quran, وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُحَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ الَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُ And you must follow the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. So that also in the Quran. And in the Quran it is mentioned, وَالتَّبِئِ سَبِيلَ مَنْ أَنَابَ إِلَيْهِ Follow the path of those who have turned towards me. 
without the shadow of doubt, one of the people who turned to Almighty Allah was Sayyidina Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jilani, rahimahullah, and he passed away at the ripe old age of 90 years old, and he was born in 471, and in the 11th Rabi'ul Akhir, 561, he passed away. So he was born on the 1st of Ramadan and passed away in 11th Rabi'ul Akhir, 561. So let us look at briefly the life of Sayyidina Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jilani, rahimahullah, the sage of the age. You must remember that he was a humbly scholar and he left some great works behind like Hunya to Talibin and other works. And he was so concerned about his halal. Everything must be halal. There must be no nothing tainted and so forth. Similarly, when we read the life of Sayyidina Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jilani, rahimahullah, then we find that he worked on the hearts of people. Today, we are more worried about the pockets of people, how much we can get out of them. No. Ad-deenu an-nasiha. What is deen? Deen is nasiha. Allama Nawawi, rahimahullah, commenting on this hadith in Sahih Muslim in a commentary in Minhaj, wrote that it means to take a piece of fabric and join it with another piece of fabric. So these are what the awliyaullah did. They worked on the people and joined their hearts to Almighty Allah. They made effort on the people and joined their hearts with one another. So therefore, we all need to do ourselves a favor and read the works of Sayyidina Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jilani. I conclude today's Q&A with wonderful couplets of Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jilani, rahimahullah. وَكَمْ مِنْ كَفَنٍ مَغْسُولُوا وَصَاحِبُهُ بِالسُوكِ مَشْغُولُوا Hamni kafan is washed every day, O Muslim. But the person who's going into that kafan and shroud is so busy in the mall and marketplace. وَكَمْ مِنْ قَبَرٍ مَحْفُورُوا وَصَاحِبُهُ بِالسُّرُورِ مَغْرُورُوا Hamni graves are being dug daily, but me and you. So all of us who are still going to go in the grave, we are deceived with the occasions of joy and happiness. I just bought my new car. My daughter, son, just got married. Tomorrow is the walima. How many of us are smiling today? The health is excellent. The business is flourishing. The children are excelling. Very soon, oh masterpiece, oh human being, you will be history, death will overtake you, so prepare for that. Wonderful, wonderful advices by the sage of the age, Sayyidina Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jilani, rahimahullah. So let us walk in the footsteps of the master, Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Sahaba, radiallahu anhu majma'in, the beloved companions of Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the awliyaullah. Jazakallah khairan, brother Muhammad Zain, to all the listeners of Voice of the Cape. Barakallahu feekum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shukran indeed, uh, Mufti. Allah protect and guide you, inshallah. And obviously, we always appreciate your services. Until the next time, wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.